Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Joel, good morning. How are we doing? How was your weekend? Uh, my my weekend was excellent. Let me uh, share my charts here, folks. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're on the March contract. It's official because I did my levels on the March. So yeah. leading into Quad Witch this Friday, we are now trading ESH22 on your platform, whatever it may be, up eight and three quarters handles at 12 and a quarter, found support right above that close at 0350, pre-market high 23 and a quarter. Only one number for you up there, the all-time high basis, the March contract, 47.35. Uh, crude is in the red by 58 cents at 71.09. Gold just hanging out under 1800, up 340 at 1788.30. Silver back over 22. That's up a dime at 22, 29 and a half. Bitcoin flat at 48K. Ethereum slightly in the red by $52.50 at 39.8750. Just looking at this Ethereum chart, looks kind of lean and heavy on the downside. Uh, Stop the screen share. Let's bring on Triple D. Triple D, I have a question for you. Sure. And then maybe two questions. The first question is after your incredible presentation on Saturday and giving away all that information, did you feel increased competition in pre-market trading this morning? Mm, Not quite yet, but that could be Not quite yet? That's always the concern when you're giving away specialized proprietary trading secrets, which I gave away a few of them. You're always concerned that well, you're creating more competition for yourself. So that has always been the concern. But yeah, I don't see it yet. But I think there was a few questions from some smart people out there that they're probably getting to that. So maybe I am creating more competition for myself. Or or maybe, or the opposite. Maybe there's some people out there, they're going to go out there and try and learn. And you're going to be... Well, I know. They, they get smarter than you. And then they take the opposite side of your trades. It's like, oh, this is how he trades. Well, okay, well, he's going to screw up this way. So it's true. Lots of smart people out there. Okay. Lots of smart people were at the event. Fantastic questions. It was her best turnout ever, I believe. Was it not, Joel? Yes, it was. Yeah, by a wide margin. Yeah, so thank you very much, everyone, for your support for the event. Um, It went very well. Spencer hosted for us. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And then the last thing along those lines is, you know how, like, the apes, you know, they're all pretty much caged up now, right, after this AMC thing? We're creating I, think still, a I think they're still sitting AMC and ready to go. So I don't know. If we can say the apes are over there. They've been quiet lately, though, as AMC they've been, come down. They've been quiet. They've been quiet. Yeah. So why can't we create our own brand of traders and have a name for them? For the pre-market traders. For the our preps. All pre-market prep traders. We'll call them the preps. The preppies. The, the preppies. preppies. Now, I don't know if you are the preps. What do you think, Spencer? What are do you, you allowed think to say that now? Or is that like uh, offside? Is preppy an uh, offside thing? Let's workshop it. Let's workshop it. Workshop it, <laughs> yeah. The prep, the preppies, and then one final thing before we get into the to the markets. I and and folks, you know, I'm always joking when I when I say this stuff, but I have a personal upgrade uh, coming to Lululemon. Okay. Here, I had uh, I had a credible experience in their store yesterday, and I, I dropped some money too. And they were everyone there was so nice to me, and so helpful. And I just kept buying stuff. But, you know, just last fashion tip. Do you know when you need new socks? Do you know absolutely when you need new socks? 
Never. Why? When you have holes in the bottom of no, your sock. No, that's... Half my socks have holes in it. That's in part, the bottom? That's part of the allure. And then you mix and match them with the, like, the same ones you bought before? You didn't know that? Okay. Yeah. Anyway. All right, Spencer, take it away. Enough right. of my mission. A lot of, lot of crazy tangents here today. Okay, let's so go. Let's start. We can start overall market slash Apple here, right? Sure. Because uh, they're sort of one and the same. Because the question I, I, I was posing this morning is, do we see new highs this week? And and the same, the same could be said about Apple, which is at new highs right now. Uh, just about a trillion dollar market cap for Apple, which uh, sorry, three trillion dollars, which is crazy to think about because it it was not that long ago where we were asking, uh, is Apple worth one trillion dollars? And it and it took a while to get there. It, yeah. you know, it, it it was on the precipice for a while, and and it finally got to one, and then it got to two, like a year later, and now here we are, and we're almost at three trillion dollars now in Apple. Um, so the question is, uh, two pronged, uh, Apple three trillion, uh. Do we are we buying that or not? And two new all time highs this week. Do we see them? Yeah or nay? Definitely not buying it. Uh, I own it already. I've owned it for the better part of a decade. I'm not selling it either because I simply don't want to pay the tax. I think my average cost basis is twenty five dollars on Apple, so the majority of it would be tax. I mean, there's a there. It's unbelievable that we were talking on the show about this approaching. The, who was going to be the first company at one trillion? Yeah. It was like two years ago. We were talking about this. Who was going to be the first company to $1 trillion? Maybe it was three years ago. And, you know, it was a race. It was Microsoft and Apple. And, you know, it ended up, I believe, being Apple that was the first to $1 trillion. And here we are three years later, and we're talking about it at $3 trillion. So, I mean, holy mackerel. I mean, multiple expansion. And one thing to consider if you're coming in and buying Apple now, Apple historically has traded from 15 to 20 times earnings. I think it's trading 35 now. So it's starting to get expensive. And why is it expensive? For the simple reason is that it's flight to quality. People are flying out of everything that, you know, and they've flown out of the Kathy stocks this year. They're flying out of the high P stuff. and They've expanded the lower P stuff. So the lower P stuff, some of it is actually getting expensive. Not all companies, but I would say Apple relative to itself is very expensive here. Now, still, you say, oh, 35 times earnings isn't bad. The company... Is, I guess it's growing. I don't know how much it's growing, to be honest with you. But if I uh, if I had on for a trade, I would ring the register. I don't want to sell it for the simple reason. I don't want to pay the tax. And I don't think it's going away. I don't think this is like, you know, uh, oh, well, this is the top, the forever top. I, I, I don't think that's the case. But it's definitely overextended. Um, I think we hit the $3 trillion. Maybe it gets that, you know, buyer exhaustion after the $3 because this has been the drive for $3 trillion. You hit it, maybe then there's going to be a little bit. What's the price? What's the price we have to hit to get to the trillion? $182.89. $182.89. So we're a buck away from it. Right. So we're in there. I mean, but if you're coming in and loading up your portfolio on Apple now, I, def- I, I believe you're absolutely doing it backwards. Yes, I'm talking against my buck. No, I do not intend to sell my Apple position for the simple reason I don't want to pay the tax, like I said before. But wow, man, this has been a move. Pre-market high, 182. Someone has their foot there. They just want to sell. That's their target. So 182. I mean, there are no numbers out here. This is trading up 235. I would use that close. If you were looking to buy this on a dip, uh, I would look for support at the closing price. I don't know if you're going to see that old-time closing price um, on Friday, and that came in at 179.45, 182 pre-market high. 
just one quick note on this um, Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon is going to be a little special. On the, I'm going to be joining uh, Aaron and Spencer on the Power Hour from Benzing, one to Benzing one. Alive. Benzing alive. Benzing, we, Benz, we, we, we rebranded. We re-branded. You, you rebranded no, it. Yeah. Benzing really? Alive. Okay. Yeah. Rebranding. And uh, we're going to bring on two pretty good guests and uh, probably no other guest to talk better, more informed about Apple. Gene Munster will be joining oh, nice. Spencer and I, and he will be going uh, not up against, but uh, he'll be doing a dual commentary with Todd Gordon. Todd's so gonna, great, too. Yeah. For one Are to they one gonna be 30. on the same side, though? Aren't they both? Like- uh you know what? I'm, I'm curious what Gene thinks about Apple now. I mean, who has been more right in the last 20 years on Apple than Gene Munster? He was the one on CB on CNBC every week just preaching, it's Apple, buy Apple, buy Apple. I mean, he preached that for 20 years, obviously, you know, when he was over at Piper. But, I mean, he was he obviously covered it as well. But, I mean, I can remember so many times it'd be pulling back a little bit Apple and he'd be like, you got to be buying Apple here. You got to be buying Apple. He was the basically the analyst on Apple for the better part of a decade early on. And when people doubted Apple, he never did. So you got to give him props. So whatever he says on Apple, I would listen. Right. And, and, it's, and, uh, it's, it's, and so like funny. I said, he'll be out with Todd Gordon. It's so funny because it, it was only a couple months ago, speaking of Apple, it was like when, you know, I think it was in August where they, they warned that their holiday uh, iPhone uh, sales were going to be weaker due to the chip shortage. And, yeah. and and then there was also those reports from, like, was it two weeks ago now that said demand was actually a little bit weaker than expected? This but, right here? That was the day. Yeah, that yeah. was the day right yeah, there where that arrow care. is. Yeah, they don't exactly right. This is flight to quality tech. It's been going on for a while here where obviously we know Microsoft, same story, break it out right near new all-time highs. It's just the flight to, it's a kind of a, the Tina trade, right? There's no alternative. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to pull out and go into cash. And then in cash, I'm losing 6 7% or as they were saying over the weekend, when you, when you put in housing, inflation's running 11 to 12%, which we've been talking about on this show for a long time. I mean, you're losing guaranteed money by sitting in cash. And if you're scared of all these higher risk assets, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to consumer staples, going to utilities, but yeah, is that very good? Consumer staples, utilities. Well, let's go to Apple because we know technology is still there. <laughs> I think you're getting an inflation flight to safety, flight to quality trade in Apple. I'm not sure that continues because it is, you know, people are thinking, oh, Apple's not risky. It is at this valuation, it's definitely risky. It could pull down 20, 30% and still probably be expensive to itself. So um, I'm not absolutely not buying more Apple at this point in time, but don't discount the fact that people are hiding an Apple due to the Tina trade and due to inflation concerns. I mean, yeah. probably some analyst, you know, some, you know, renegade analyst might come out and like downgrade it or something. You know, that what are be... the ratings? Bring up the ratings in the pro. That's a good I guess question. G, G just went to Can... 250 on it, Dennis. That's what I'm seeing here. Gene did? That's what someone's re- uh, the uh, uh, the reporter in can, our chat. Can we show Spencer the ratings in the pro on Apple? Just to curious to where everybody is on this. Yes, we can share screen. Blah, 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 so blah, he's going to show the pro right now. This is the nice tools. When you bring up the pro, you can just type in. I love looking at bring this. it all up. And you can look at. It. Is there anybody got a cell rating on it? Uh, well, anybody have a cell see, rating on it? I'm going to sort it by date. I'm, I'm only going back the last two years. Uh, yeah. New Street Research. 
That's tough. From they May, got a sell on it. <laughs> May they put a sell on it. Is there any other sells? Um, Not the last couple of years. No, no. Well, There's this, some neutrals. The, Who's the, that underperform? Yeah, that's from a Wolf. year and a half. It's from a year and a half ago. <laughs> so they probably upgraded it since then. I uh, gotta and, look and, what and, they've done. And, Oops, and, I shouldn't have downgraded it. And you can actually check that because you can see it's Wolf Research here. But no, I am down officially downgrading Apple myself. I'm not an analyst, but just on the pre-market paper, or whatever. I am downgrading from buy to hold. I'm not going to sell because I'm not selling it. But I'm holding it. But I'm not buying it up here. Nope. So I'm officially on this day. My official, not a re- analyst. This is not a recommendation, but just for myself on my own trading. I am downgrading it from buy to hold today at one hundred and eighty-one dollars and eighty-five cents. We'll see I how we do. Just went to eighty-one eighty-two. You're a genius. <laughs> I just made two cents just like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah. So I'm still long it. So I actually lost two cents, Joel. <laughs> I went to hold. I'm still holding. All right. Let's let's talk about. Fine, the... If I was on for a trade, though, I'd sell it. <laughs> let's talk about the 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 news of the day, news of the morning. One of the headlines we got here is on Harley Davidson. This one is very interesting. Yeah, so it it's a bit of a complicated situation. But as I've gathered from the press release, so Harley Davidson is spinning. They're, they're spinning off their EV unit. They're combining that with a SPAC that is buying this other company uh, called uh, uh, what, oh, what I just had here, uh, Livewire, right? Uh, so the combined Harley Davidson Livewire company uh is going to is going to be uh, uh valued at uh 1.7 billion dollars harley davidson will control about three quarters of this new ev bike company that's going to be and a- this merger is with impx yes the SPAC. yes so if you want to see the spac which actually is not up much it's only up 15 or 30 cents here so it's not up much but harley davidson I've been saying the people who are making money on these backs are the ones who are issuing them. Um, Harley Davidson is rip roaring and rallying on this. Joel, we're not getting our autom- we're not getting our autonomous uh, bike here, but we are getting uh, the, not the driverless bike, <laughs> but we are getting EV bikes. So I don't know thoughts. Can't get forty two out of my head on this one. Uh, you spiked over forty two on a couple different occasions, up nearly twelve percent. You can see these spikes in the pre market trading as high as uh, forty. You got a spike at forty two thirty four, forty two forty three. Now you're back down at forty one ten. Uh, since that was the August high of this year at forty two oh one. I'd be I'd be a little bit Larry here. I would take a look at you know if I had a long, I'd be saying, "Hey, come and get me a forty-two. I'm not worried about the pre-market high as much." Um, it gets through that, you know, who knows? It really you know opens up even more, and there's a big candle there back from July. But I'll use that. Looks like you found some intraday support at forty or pre-market support, but. That's it for Harley Davidson. Probably a rally to be sold, but the one thing to consider is that we have moved into this value-oriented market in the last few months, and that continues. And Harley Davidson, I know Spencer's laughing, but HOG, I think the multiple, like the forward multiple on this thing is like 10. Is it not? The P is low on this thing. This is a cheap stock. It's cheap for a reason, because nobody likes the story. Right yeah. now you're talking EV Harleys. It's a little bit more of a sexy story. It's got a so, forward PE of 8.8. So yeah, 8.8. It's under 10. This is a very cheap stock, folks. Um, I'm not saying 
cheap is cheap for a reason, but now you get an EV story behind it. I'm not shorting it. I'm not buying it up 12% because I don't buy the rep, but uh, just a little bit of caution. If I was in it, I probably would ring the register for the simple reason is that ah, it's just been a stock that's underperformed for so long. But we are in a value-oriented market, and the value stocks are starting to get a bit. I just real quick for Afrin here. He asked me in the event just to give a demonstration of when I, you know, draw the fifty percent retracements. You know, for this, what I would do, um, you didn't take back half of this move, but you had a, a what I'd be looking for if I was long. If I was long hog here, you had that major top. That was a major top at fifty two oh six. I called this low here around thirty seven or thirty thirty five thirty one. I call that a major bottom because of what the stock's done. So my expectations for this, if I was long to hog, target 43.66. Can we get to 43.66? Can we consolidate? Can we hold there? Can we make a run at 52.05? So I just he was asking for an example of that. So it has to be a major top or bottom. And obviously, you don't see that until the market's giving you that information. So I hope that hope that helped, Afrin. Uh, but then uh, I was talking about this with Luke this morning, and then so Luke's thought was, "Wait a minute! So you're telling me that for for the rest of time, Harley Davidson itself is going to be producing gas based bikes because they're, they're spinning off the EV, spinning off the EV thing. Yeah. Do you really want to own that? Well, yeah, but how much are they going to own of the EV? 74%. So they still own it. I mean, they're going to own 74% of it, so they're still going to own a huge chunk of it. And and that's what I said. That's what I said, right? Yeah. I'm really torn on this because, you know, I wish I would have been thinking about this, you know, a couple months ago. We've talked about Harley-Davidson getting into EV. We have talked about it on the show a long time ago, like probably back in the summer. But, you know, now you get the headline. Now you get the rip, roar, and rally. Is it a sell-on news event? It might be. But at the same time, stock's cheap. You know, but people are, you know, commenting. had Harley-Davidson's, you know, been underperforming the company itself for a long time, too. So cheap stocks are cheap for a reason. Uh, I'm really torn. I'm on the fence on this one. I, I just, when I think about, you know, uh, you know, first of all, the long-term trend is not your friend. I mean, this thing traded nearly 75 bucks in 2014, and now it's almost, you know, a little bit less than half of that. I, so, you know, this has been a horrible underperformer since 2014. If you think this is the catalyst to kickstart it and get it going, fine. But I don't, I mean, I'm, I mean, I had a Honda QA50 when I was seven. And I think I had one other bike, but now I have abs. Oh, I had a moped in college. I have absolutely no interest in. in, yeah. in I mean, I think the people that are going to buy bikes are going to buy bikes whether they're electric right. or where they're gas. So I don't see a huge increase in demand. Well, I don't know even. Like you think about a hog. Why is it hog? Because it's loud. It's powerful. I mean. The EV bike's going to be the exact opposite. I thought about different. that too, but then I yeah. thought, you know, yeah, like, Vroom. I mean, you're not going to have that. It still will make that noise, won't it? it no, I without, don't know. Uh, yeah, and that's what Chad's saying. Is that, that's not the point. Like when you do it, it's going to be too quiet. They want those things loud. That's a good question. Yeah. You know, it's just quiet. You go, I don't know. We should get some Harley um, <laughs> Harley members uh, on here. 
Spencer, yeah. can well, you the hardcore the... Harley people buy the electric bike when they, you know, rev her up and they go. I <laughs> <laughs> don't know, man. <laughs> I thought, I'm torn. I'm not even making a call on this one. I don't know what but, to say. You know what the big difference is? Is, you know, like when you're driving on the freeway and then all of a sudden you see like, you know, a hundred bikes behind you. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you know, and you can hear them coming. Oh, yeah, you hear them coming. And now you're going to be on the highway and it's just going to be. You don't see them. You're not even going to know they're coming. You know, you oh, kind of pull scary. over like, hey, I'm going to let these guys go. But now you won't even know you even they're, know they're coming, coming until. All right, Spencer's getting upset with us. No, ahead, not. I'm not getting upset. What did you we go on this tangent with Joe for This is a bad so one. Funny. I'm not getting upset. Man, man. Uh, all right. <laughs> but, let's, talk, let, let's talk pharma for a second here. We got, a few, right. we got several pharma headlines this morning. I'll start with you. With the deal, Pfizer is paying a, a, a pretty premium here. They're paying basically a hundred percent premium. Uh, they're buying Arena Pharmaceuticals ticker is ARNA. Uh, the stock closed on Friday at like fifty. Wow. Closed closed at 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 fifty. They're paying a hundred for it. Wow, a hundred dollars in cash for a stock that closed at fifty. If you own this thing on Friday, congratulations to yeah. you. I mean, that's all to say. I mean, what's the takeout price? Ninety-five. What is it? Hundred. A hundred. What's a hundred? The takeout price? A hundred. This time value of money, all of a sudden, it's only ninety-five. Look at this. So, well, maybe it's going to take a while to get this deal through, but time value of money matters all of a sudden with inflation happening. Doesn't matter to bonds apparently, but ninety-four eighty-eight. So you're trading significantly under that. So if the deal goes through, you think eventually just up to a hundred bucks. I mean, people logically, you know, you come and you think, okay, well, Pfizer should trade down this because they trade a huge premium, but not so fast. One cash deal. Two, how big is Arena Pharmaceutical relative to Pfizer? Not very big at all. You're talking about a $3 billion company, at least it was on Friday, and they're obviously paying a big premium, but Pfizer's a $300 billion company. So it's basically a drop in the bucket for Pfizer, which is why it's not being affected. And the reason Pfizer is actually trading up further is that it's upgraded today. So I own Pfizer in the long-term account, not going anywhere. Is there a potential selling opportunity that people are going to look at this and say, well, they really paid a big premium for that? I don't know. The market cap's so small. I don't think it matters that much to Pfizer shareholders. What do they have in the pipeline? I mean, what are they working on? Do do we know that? Because Um, the reason I ask is because, you know, for sympathy, I don't know if there's really any sympathy plays for this. What is it? Like, yeah, like, so I don't follow Arena. Do we know? Yeah. What you know, their drugs like what they're into. We're going to tell you right now. Uh, yeah. they have uh, this is from the PR. Uh, they have a gastroenterology uh, tr- uh candidate, uh, dermatology, cardiology. Uh, what else do they have here? Um, it, it looks like they they treat immunoinflammatory diseases. Is, is what is what you know? What I wrote about this stock like a hundred years ago. I can remember. I can't think of what the uh, did you say to buy it. Uh, no, I didn't buy it. <laughs> I wrote about it. Uh, I'm just thinking if there's someone else out there that's doing the same thing, it might be bad news for them. You know, because they're choosing arena. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I'm you need like an Adam Fierstein. Yeah. Hey, where is Adam? Whatever he's, happened? Nothing. You want to dig him up, Spencer? He likes you, I think. Nothing happened to him, Joel. He's still around. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's take a look at Pfizer real quick, and then move on. Uh, full disclosure: belonged Pfizer for quite a while. Ooh. Yeah, me too. Well, you did have a you did have a triple top just around fifty three. You took that out. So let's look. Better hold fifty three on this pop. 
And if it does hold 53, it will work its way into yesterday's range. Um, you got to pop near 54 off the news. 53.97 uh, is your pre-market high if you're looking at a target. And then you got another daily high right up there. So 53 to 54. And Pfizer, it will it will be up and down and all around. I mean, for a, for a $50 pharmaceutical stock, this does move around pretty good. Uh I don't know. Like, so I'm long Pfizer too long-term account. Again, I think if you're coming into it now, I think you're late to the party. So again, talking against mine and Joel's book here, but I, I, I it's run quite a ways here. We're Did someone just whacked this down to unchanged? Was that an on odd lot? Was that an odd lot or what was that? No, it's a closing cross. You want me to do some tape reading with you? So it was on FINRA 5278. Somebody's reporting something. From Friday at the close. Okay. So somebody Thank did you. trade. You can see it's 325,000 shares of closing cross. So it's always good to look at your level two, like look at your quote monitor. It's still bid 53.38. It's just traded through. So that is an off exchange trade. You can see it gets reported at the FINRA trade reporting facility, FINRA TRF. You can see it's 325,000 shares prior at liquid net. We again, you know, I've asked for, we've asked for color, you know, to the regulators. FINRA just blankets everything that's off exchange. So you don't really know anything, but you can speculate. When you see size that way, it's probably an institutional cross at the closing price of 52.78. So two institutions just said, yeah, let's do the deal. Maybe it's even a late report from Friday. Some of these report late that, hey, we had a big cross there, you know, and it could be done this morning maybe, but they're crossing it at the previous close. They agreed to cross at the close. So some institutions want to buy, some institutions want to sell, said, let's do it at the closing price. They do it, throw the tape up to the thing. It's obviously nothing to do with where the stock's trading right now. Uh, Bristol Modern had a couple headlines this morning. They uh, had some data, and then while they were at it, they also announced a dividend increase from $0.49 cents a share to $0.54 cents a share, and they also raised their buyback by $15 billion. Uh, by the way, buybacks we, uh, in Q3 are record number of buybacks uh in the third quarter of this year um should be should really be a surprise right all these companies are flush with cash so buyback raise increase a uh, dividend raise uh for for bmy this morning how's the stock doing it's up a buck okay so again and he saw another cross joel's going to look at his thing and see three hundred thirty-two thousand shares it was just a cross it was a cross that happened it looks like in a lot of different stocks here maybe you're just a few minutes ago or a minute ago here um, it's 57.35 bit, so it's up a buck here this morning. So don't worry that your last is 56.36. That is not correct. Again, that is an institutional cross from the close. It's not where it's stock's trading right now. It's bid 57.35, so it's trading up a dollar here. Stock is cheap. There's a lot of cheap stocks. Bristol Myers, which obviously did not participate in the vaccines, did not participate really mm-hmm. anything in the COVID thing. So people have forgotten about it. It has been getting beat up. It is a cheap stock. I do not own this in the invest portfolio. I've thought a couple times when this gets to the low 50s that I might put it back into the invest portfolio. I've had it in there before. Um, but stock's cheap. Yield got higher. Bristol Myers, uh, probably not a bad long-term hold here. You got anything at uh, 57 and a half? Can you see out that far? Yeah, probably. Hang on. Let's because the only reason I say that, you've spiked up to 57.60 a couple different occasions. Uh, but rarely do I give you a five star in a pharmaceutical stock, but you got a five star. Size of 58. Size of 58. Yeah. A little bit of 58. Yeah. You got a quick. But a little bit. You got a quintuplet top uh, at, uh, let's just call it 57.84. Look at that. One, two, three, four, five. Under 58. Yeah. Big, big resistance there. Maybe get a breakout. I'd be more, I'd be, we'll see what the high is today, but 
I would love to see this thing, you know, have a little pullback from this move, but doesn't look, we'll see what happens today, but major resistance at 5780 level. That's really sticking out to me. Uh, and then I also noted on there, the uh, Bluebird Bio had some news, but the stock was up well higher. Well, much more than it, than it is now. It was up, it hit $12 this morning. It's what? Well, well off that. Uh, yeah. Hit $12. 12? Yeah, it did. Well, wow, um, what a stock left behind, huh? Well, they did do the spin, so okay. they spun off something. But anyways, oh. this has been in my long-term retirement account for a long time. If this was in my regular account, I would have sold it off for the tax rate off a long time ago, but it's just been sitting there in the long-term account. I bought this back at, I don't know, when they were buying Kite and everything else, I thought they were going to buy this one too. I think I paid like $58 for it or something. Absolutely terrible. One of the worst uh, longer-term holdings that I have right now. Um, I did get that other company. That's why like, I know because I was in it. I think it spun me off something, uh, but it's been a very, very tough and long-term investment just continues to go down. Um, when stocks fall this far, you just wonder if they're even going to survive. But definitely talking against my book now. I don't know. It's $152 back in March when Kite went off the board. And who was the other one went off the board? There was the big three. They always talk Kite, Bluebird, Bio, and Jazz, right? J- well, it wasn't Jazz. It was like because they never got bought. Two out of three got bought. It was Jazz Kite. might have bought somebody. It was Kite. Joel, you should remember this. It was Kite. Chad, help me out. Yeah, and three. You owned it, Dennis. No, it was the Four Horsemen, right? And Gilead was in there as well. Yeah. Uh, well, it, and who was the other one? So it was Kite. There was Bluebird Bio, and then somebody else got bought, and two other three got bought. And I was like, well, maybe they're going to buy Kite too, or Bluebird Bio too. And they never did. Bluebird Bio was just leaked and leaked forever. Dennis, this is the one you bought at like one twenty, or you you, bought, you owned it and you averaged down in it. Oh, Celgene. Celgene. Yeah, but we're talking the smaller ones, though. The ones that are getting bought. Like, Kite got bought by Gilead. So, you know, we're talking the smaller companies. Like, that That was like, uh, it was like Kite. It was Bluebird Bio. Chat, you're not helping me out here. No, I, Chat usually has this. And, and I remember it was, uh, like, it, it was like a, it was in January. It was like January, yeah. like, 2017 or something. Um, anyway, this okay. Biogen? Holy mackerel. This How'd is you move whole... the Biogen off this? Look at this thing. Look at this Biogen. Right cheap, back uh, I own it long-term portfolio. It's cheap stock, too. It's been cheap for a reason. I mean, obviously, they got the Alzheimer's potential there. Huge support down here. That 450, what a selling opportunity that was when they approved that drug. That was so quick, kind, kind of approved it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I don't know what to say. A lot of biotech stocks, and I know you can look at the index and say, well, no, it's been doing well, but Moderna was carrying the IBB there for a while, too. But, I mean, really, the XBI... Let's give a perspective. $174 back in February. It's $109 here today. You're talking about an index down 30%. So the XBI has not been a good performer here for a while. Biotechs have been forgotten. So they will they get you know thought of again and will start to pick up? I think so. Uh, maybe the Tina trade comes in here too eventually to help those lift those stock prices back up. But um, I think I'd be a buyer of biotech stocks down here. Sarepta just hanging out here between 80 and 100. I traded a couple times, yeah. Seems like you get down mid-70s, it's a buy, and you're right. Up in the 90s, it's a sell. Silence. That's silence again. We did that the other day, too. It's kind of nice. All right, there's a bunch of things in in the chat. Bill is reading my mind. Don't worry, Bill. We will cover the NASDAQ 100 rebalance. I promise you. Right after Tim. 
Uh, we, we will cover that after we Uh A few people asked about Rivian. Rivian's in the news this morning because their R1T was named 2022's Motor Train Truck of the Year. First time ever that an EV truck got that title. If you care about such things, RIVN is trading up this morning a little bit, probably off that headline. Um, but yeah. I'm not how interested in Rivian vehicles? at this valuation. How big are those vehicles? They hold a lot of people? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. <laughs> I, I don't know how. Here, well, let's look it up. Uh, kind of, this is it's sleepy down here. I don't think I could. Uh, if you're looking for some targets today, you're opening right in you right here. We're hanging at Friday's high. So show me you can get through this 118. Hold 118, and then uh, there's no daily highs up to uh, 121.32. That's another three bucks higher. But it, the rain, it's just, it's calming down here. It's kind of raging. A good support under, you know, under, well, there's a, uh, nothing perfect, but we'll call 113, 114 good support. Yeah, five, five people, Joel. Five people. Really? Okay. Nice. Ring Central doing a buyback, too. I believe I saw that go by this morning. We got uh, D, D, in, D in the chat saying it. I believe I saw it go by. Uh, do you have the headline? No trace. that thing. Well, that's why I'm looking at it because it's been murdered again. Yeah, yeah I see it's it too. Valuation, higher growth, higher valued. You know what you could say about this stock? It's what, got what? its bell rung. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. I laughed out loud on that one. $500, $449 in February when they had to own everything. Well, you got not just a two for one stock split, you're working on a three for one stock split right now. We didn't get any extra stock. Again, you got to know what you're paying. PEs do matter eventually, and they matter on everything right now. Wait, that's – wait a minute. Oh, yeah, RNG is it. Okay, uh, and, and just for awareness, if anyone cares about such things, we talk about the, the Benzinga portfolio, right, these companies that, that Benzinga uses or doesn't use. Uh, we have basically canceled almost all of our Ring Central at Benzinga. In fact, really? in fact, why didn't you tell me that sooner? In yeah, fact, why don't we know this six in months fact, ago? I think my, I think me, I am the last holdout. I think I'm like one of the only people here that still has like a desk line. We like don't have desk phones anymore, basically at the office. Because um, why? Nobody, nobody <laughs> comes here. Why do we have desk phones? So um, yeah, Benzinga is basically offering central. If you want to use that as an indicator for such things, uh, I know. what my indicator for these stocks is right now because growth is so out of favor, and we can yep. see that because ARKK was down on Friday again despite the market making new highs. When I bring up the PE for something, because I'm curious, so what's this trading on? I see NA not applicable. <laughs> That's telling me, uh, yeah, no, thank you. No, then you just go over to price to sales or your 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 backward PE. No, I'm just saying in this market, the the oh. not applicable is um you know not what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because uh, they are just not in favor right now. Could growth eventually get back in the favor? It could, but I'll tell you right now, growth is so out of favor. Um, it keeps getting hit, and you see these PEs like that. Or say NA not applicable means they don't make any money. Those aren't the companies that are in favor right now. It is 8.36 on a Monday. You guys know what that means. Market Structure Mondays with Tim Quast. Sir, how was your weekend? Uh, it was, it was uh, great. We had a combination of snow and 10 degrees and, and sun and 60 degrees in Denver, okay. uh, which, which uh, is par for the course here. All right. We, awesome. we, how about you guys? Uh, 
quite yeah it, we had kind of the same actually it was uh it was like in the 60s on saturday morning and by saturday night it was down to like the 20s it was it was, it was cold uh but we, yeah we had kind of the same weather uh all right tim let's talk markets we were talking last week uh, you and i that this week is going, going to be uh very important uh for a couple of reasons we have of course the fed on wednesday we have options expiration on friday <laughs> both of the last such events of the year um uh, how are you positioned or positioning yourself uh, in, into this week? Well, there you never know what's going to happen around options expirations. I've, I've said for a long time on this program that uh, I prefer to portage around the falls uh, of options expirations. It will depend on what the overall uh, sentiment, what we call broad sentiment in the market is doing. If it's peaked into options expirations, I'm out. Uh, and it doesn't mean the market will decline. It's just, uh, it's just a, it's a, a, the probabilities are not in your favor when those conditions exist. And it's sort of the opposite this time, believe it or not. Uh, broad sentiment is rising everywhere still. Even after that big surge that we had, uh, we're, we're still approaching five. So historically, that has meant that we get a nice move during options expirations doesn't mean it will happen uh, but i'm a little i'm a little less concerned here now i might try to be out of positions by the end of friday uh, but uh, i'm not to look at, i i look at the probabilities here and say they favor us more than hinder us i'll add it doesn't mean that the market isn't down today or tomorrow uh, those conditions tend to precede a surge into expirations because if the underlying equities deteriorate in value just a little bit and uh, hedge funds with big baskets of options then can drive them up into options expirations. You can exercise those rights, force people to cover and turn right around and sell what you just covered. And that's a very popular hedge fund strategy. If you you borrow eight or nine times your economic interest and leverage into positions uh, at options expirations and that can happen. I'm not saying it will, I'm saying that there is a probability that that could occur. And Dennis, you were talking about this split between growth and value. Yeah. And it seems to be the case, but it's but it is not linear. You could say, I mean, look at Apple. Uh, there, there are growth stocks that have performed very well, but there are also oddly value stocks that have performed very well. I don't I mean, know. What is I... Apple is the question, too. <laughs> right? It's value not tech. really growth. It's kind of value tech. So yes, I throw it in value, even though the, the multiple is now 35 times, which is starting to make you think like people are paying a growth multiple for a value stock, which I don't totally understand. But yep. I mean, I don't know what category. I kind of throw it into value tech. I don't want to throw it into growthy tech. You could do the same with Google. And Yeah, and, I would say uh, the same and for sure. And it's done well too. Yeah. And, and those are values. So I mm -hmm. would argue for the value trade to continuing there. So what growth stocks are you seeing really if you go away from Apple and Google and say they're more value? Are we seeing any growth stocks really take off here? You have to hunt around. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, if I so maybe I'll do this. Here's uh, so if, if you've not done this with us before, folks who are listening, uh, I'm going to take you to Market Structure Edge and you can do this. Just uh, you go to MarketStructureEdge.com, sign up with your name and email free for 14 days and you can follow along and I'll show you things that we look at. I want to show you a, a deal stock as well and how you might screen for those uh, with Market Structure Edge because those there's always opportunity in those sorts of things. 
but if I look at, so here's Benzinga December 13, and here's the, you know, the demand side should be rising and the supply side should be below the trend. That's the condition I like to see. So clearly the mix of things in this portfolio fit those two criteria. Uh, so if I look at things that might rise that are growth stocks, the, the weirdest one of all would be alpha and omega. But just, this, is a, this is a really, <laughs> this is exactly the kind of condition that you want to see in a, in a growth stock. So it's spending a lot of time at 10. That is, it's all the way, to the, it's banging against the ceiling because there's excess demand. And the, the, the supply trend continues to be trending down. This can signal maybe a, a bit of a slowdown, but those kind of stocks have done very well. I would say, once again, Synaptics did very well. HP did well, very well. Um, uh, Lamb Research, all of these are stocks that have fit those criteria that I've talked about. Um, and so those are some examples of growth stocks that have been terrific. The funny thing, back to your point, Dennis, about growth or uh, growth versus value split, here is Pepsi. And we talked about Pepsi last Monday. I said, you know, you look at that and, and uh, steady demand and supply dragging below the trend, that's likely to rise. And it, it behaved like a growth stock. <laughs> well, well, they're behaving because it's flight to safety, like Pepsi. So yep. if you're just throwing it all, even all those stocks, Lamb Research, I would put Lamb Research as a value tech stock. I wouldn't put it as a growth stock. It, and Pepsi, I would put as, as a staple. So what we're seeing, and we yep. maybe didn't hear us wrap the hop, but right after 8 o'clock, we're talking staples, utilities, and value tech. That's where the money is moving. Tina Trade, if you're sitting here and you're worried about equities and you're like, yep. okay, well, I'm, you know, worried about the stock market, but I don't want to go to cash because I'm guaranteed losing in cash to inflation right, right now. Where right. do you go for safety? Staples, utilities, value tech. That's the hiding ground. And all those stocks you're mentioning right now kind yep. of fall into that category. They do. They do. Yep. Procter & Gamble. Here's another. Uh, yeah. I mean, All-time high. Very, staples. Very same thing. Yeah. Yep. Rising demand, steady, steady supply. That's the kind of thing that produces gains. And it started here. It started actually at the end of October. This is where we saw the big disconnect uh, between supply and demand. And we saw it all over, interestingly. Um, so I, I, you know, I'm, I remain somewhat of a skeptic about the staying power of this trade because of the, the enormous reliance of the market on uh, growth, growth stocks. They, they comprise such a tremendous amount of market cap that unless we're done with these big surges in the market, money will have to come back to them. And Spencer, we talked about this a little bit on Friday, how uh, passive money has to get a bunch of rebalancing done. There's, there are inflows into the market that have to be deployed before the year ends. It's happening now. And we haven't seen that effect yet in the market. So I, I still think there could be surprising opportunity in even things like Netflix and Shopify. I look, I, I, you can make a case against it, but we'll see what happens here in the next week to me. Uh, and then the chat is, you know, following up on this thread here, things like commodities, right? Mm -hmm. Which, which yep. also typically considered um, inflation hedges. Yeah, lower beta inflation hedges quote unquote safer in quotes than, yep. than, than, than stocks building materials uh, yep. you know you can look at the supply demand balance here for the uh, i've got seven companies in this portfolio looks very good if uh, if short volume is falling and demand which is an algorithm that calculates demand from all the different purposes 
that uh, that drive buying and selling stocks looks like that. That's pretty good. You could look at home builders. Home builders, uh, you know, with with wood prices rising. These it's not necessarily how I think about it, but I look at that and say, wow. There's now the run might be just about over right into options expiration. So if you own home builders, that might be the time to leave because look how high uh, demand is now pushing toward 10 for these eight companies comprising that group. But it fits the thesis, Spencer. Yeah, that uh, uh, com commodities uh, in an inflationary environment clearly are going to work that I don't. You know, we, we think differently than a lot of folks. I'm going to go to supply and demand, short-term changes in those. That, to me, is how we as retail traders can compete with high-frequency traders. It's the only way. Otherwise, they will run circles around us because they have better data and faster machines. Uh, and uh, to, to, uh, to reference it, so this, you'll have to go hunt for this, youngsters, but uh, it says Roger Miller said, "Don't roller skate in a buffalo herd." It's the wrong equipment for <laughs> for uh, right. It's, it's a great song, but it's very <laughs> yeah. old. So, so we want to make sure that we're not the ones wearing roller skates in the buffalo herd, and that's why I think supply demand always trumps. It will tell you where the money is going. I could look at every trend right now, despite what we're seeing, the bifurcation toward value. If I look across every portfolio here, there is an uptick in demand and the supply side's pretty weak it says it's possible and again i'm not saying this will happen but it's possible that the whole market goes up a thousand points that the dow goes up a thousand points this week again well, the value I'm not stocks could keep carrying us here so you're still <laughs> seeing could. strength on the value names uh yes to me that isn't done particularly Bring up into options Let's okay. bring up a Ford because this is okay. a good example of the stocks that we've been talking about. And obviously, I own Ford in the long-term account, but I've been yep. talking about, you know, here's your way to play EV, and it's not expensive. I mean, you're talking about a company that's trading nine or ten times earnings, and it's starting yeah. to get the story behind it as well. What's it look like from a supply-demand perspective, though? Well, so I would say there, this – see this big jump for yes. supply over yeah. the trend? Uh that can be additional demand into options expirations. It is a supply-demand imbalance, but it goes back to a core. There's this, there's this fine line. When you, have a, when you have a deficit in supply, then a surge in supply, and it, and it uh, accompanies options expirations, it can mean that market makers are creating stock to fill orders. And those orders are tied to call options. Again, I'm not saying that's absolutely the case, but we're well below 50% short volume. So that's a, it's, it's the, the principle applies, but that can happen right into options expirations. And you can see Ford move three, four, five percent General Motors, similar chart. Just curious let's, because let's we were seeing, obviously, from the technicals, General Motors approaching new highs as well here again. Just wondering right. your supply demand. We're just cherry picking some stocks here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's pretty, pro very positive. So it's not, there's not a creation of stock to fill uh, derivatives demand, but that's a very nice ramp. We have demand rising yeah. and supply took a big dip. So the, the, and it's very, it's very easy to understand logically. There is a supply chain. If everybody rushes to buy Christmas trees, there becomes a deficit in the supply chain for Christmas trees. There aren't enough. So then what happens? The prices go up. 
The only difference is that this weird little feature of the stock market where market makers are exempt from having to locate shares to short, which is why you want to make sure you short stuff where you have a high probability of, of wins. And, th and that's a whole separate topic. Uh, but th that's the only difference. Otherwise, this will almost always produce a gain, particularly into options expiration. So I agree. Shows the same thing, Dennis. What about Harley? Uh, yeah. maybe Harley, Harley, yeah. yeah. Jochen Zeitz. The uh, one great, the one problem, does this adjust on the fly? Because Harley Davidson's up twelve percent here this morning for pre-market yep. data. So um does your data like it's not gonna adjust that quickly because it's slower no. like looking at you know the overall trends. But we want to know just if had that's a spike. Coming, right? We want to know if that's coming. And yeah. the data would actually suggest that there were some there was some indication and let's look at arena pharmaceuticals too as an example sure. because yeah uh, this is curious because yeah, you know so, how was it looking like before the action happened yeah right and i want to look at adp i'm not saying adp is going to be in a deal but i'll show you the data uh, yeah. so here's so see this demand ramp and all of a sudden boom the uh, short volume drops those are conditions precedent to deals i would say not a lot of people saw this SPAC deal coming so they're spinning off Livewire, which is their electronic hog business in a SPAC. Yeah. And so uh, that's why the stock's way up. You could say there's a little bit of an indication. Overall, I'd look at Harley-Davidson uh, Harley and say, that's not great. You know, it's, it's having a hard time getting back above five. And if that's the case, it's difficult for price to rise. Uh, so let's go, let's go look at Arena. So those of you watching the news, Arena was bought for basically 100% premium by Pfizer. Uh, by Pfizer. So was there any indication in the data? Well, the indication, so internally, and we've been doing this a very, very long time for public companies. One of the things we will look at is when short volume drops below 30%. So believe it or not, the market runs about 42 to 45% short. That is, that's the supply chain. So stock that is either borrowed or created feeds the, the market's capacity to fill continuous electronic orders. And so when, there, when there's a deficit, what it can tell us is that there are people who know things are happening and they say, well, we don't want to have our shares out on loan. So those, things like that will incrementally drive the cost of borrowing up. And we will see that in a decline in demand by automated systems that are just running around and borrowing cheap stuff. And they don't have to. If there are surges, their higher priority is to fill the bid or the offer. But look at this. So this is where short volume was for, for Arena right before the deal. It was 24%. So below 30%. Those are things to look for. Uh, I want to show you ADP. Again, I'm not saying that ADP is suddenly going to be in a deal. But these are interesting features to think about and something you could actually screen for. You could go look for stocks that are at five and have suddenly dropping short volume uh, using market structure edge. And look at this. So here's, here's demand steady. And look at that plunging supply side. Well, in most cases, that will. Why does it do that? Why is the supply plunge? Like what, what, is, what, what in like, I don't want to give you a secret sauce right. away, but what is it that's causing that to happen? It, well, what it, the simplest explanation is it means there is a sudden decrease in uh, borrowed stock in the market. And think of that as supply, not that you have to check your old uh, presumptions at the door. It's not people shorting the stock. It's the supply chain. It's a supply chain disruption. And it likely reflects higher cost to borrow because machines will do that first, even though they're exempt. And look what happened here. Right at October expirations, this happened too. 
So big drop in the supply side right at five, and this, that's where the stock took off. That, so could that happen again? Well, it could, right? could happen. It could also mean that there is speculation that ADP could be sold. I'm not saying, again, that that's going to happen, but we have tracked this data for a very long time, and routinely that happens. So uh, just an another way that you can find opportunity traders, uh, you know that you're in a pretty good trade when that condition exists, regardless of what the outcome is. Tim Quast runs Market Structure Edge. Link is in the chat, marketstructureedge.com. Tim, always a pleasure. We'll talk Back to at you guys. next week. Have a good one. You All right. too. Good to see we, you. We promised we'd get to the NASDAQ rebalance. Let's do that right now. This was a sure. late PR. Actually, Joel was the one who called it out. Dennis and I both. It was, it was after Friday. Close was after 8 o'clock. The PR hit at 8 p.m. on Friday. They're getting smart. Yeah. yeah, after, so I can't trade them. Late night news dump. Here's what you need to know. The NASDAQ 100 index rebalances once a year. Um, this is what the QQQ is tracking. Uh, here's what is going into the index effective okay. next Monday. So basically as of the close, as of this Friday's close, slash Monday's open. Airbnb. Do you have what? it? Do you uh, want to show it in the pro? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I can. I have it written down somewhere else. But what are you going to do? Are you going to do the ads first? Yeah, yeah. Let's run through the ads here. So here, he's going he's to make me show it on the pro. So hold on. Let me find it in the pro. I have, I copied and pasted it so I wouldn't have to go digging around for it later. But here we go. I got it for you. Um, oh, uh, there we go. Okay. Uh, screen share here. So we're going through the ads first. All right. Yeah. Airbnb being added. Yeah. Fortinet. Being added, Palo Alto being added, Lucid Group LCID, nice being added, Zscaler being added, and Datadog being added. These are all stocks that are that will be in the Nasdaq 100 as of Monday market open. Now six go in, that means six must come out. Who are who, who's coming out? You ask. Great question. I'm glad you asked that. CDW <laughs> is out. Fox Corp, FOXA, is out. And actually, yeah. there's, two, there's two tickets there. It's Fox yeah, and FOXA. Uh, Kerner, or I don't even know how to pronounce that one. Cerner, Kerner, I don't know. Cerner, we'll go C-E-R-N. Soft C. Soft oh, that's C. an old one. I haven't seen it. C-E-R-N, they're out. Checkpoint Software, C-H-K-P, they're out. Trip.com, which is T-Com, is your ticker, they're out. Yeah. And Insight, which is not a name I've thought about for a long time, long they're time. also out. Yeah. So there's all your six in, six out. The six that are in are trading higher this morning. Yes, they are. Your six that are out, I haven't looked at those yet. They're all trading lower. Okay. So, I mean, the, the indexes matter. I mean, if you're getting traders to try to get ahead of, the, obviously, the rebalance, they're going to trade it on the press releases. The ones going in get bought. The ones coming out get sold. We're clearly seeing that in these stocks here this morning and some good pops. Historically, like if you're just looking and obviously other things being equal, we're not talking about charts on individual stocks. Um, from a longer term perspective, they're usually ring the register opportunities um, when they're when they're popping in. Unless you're in like a, in a situation where it's like going to be a huge component, like Tesla, you know, moving up to be such a big component in the S and P. This is a different story. So, um, you know, you get these, you know, boom, these, you know, moves one direction or the other, and obviously nothing to do with company fundamentals, just to do with coming in the index and coming out of the index. They're usually fading opportunities longer term. But shorter term, they can be sticky. They can be a little bit of momentum there. They're going to get talked about in major media. We're talking about them right now. Um, 
So I don't know. Do you want to jump in any individual uh, stuff? I'm not going to do all of them, but uh, this Airbnb is the one that looks most okay. interesting to me because if you were up at 4 a.m., which you should have done, Dennis, you could have lifted some offers and then sold it at 187. The reason I like 187, and Afrin, this is for you. You had a you had a big break here in this thing. Is attempted to get all time highs. You put it at the bottom in there at 160. You got a double top right here. At uh, right at the 187.50 level, exact double top from last week. You hit 188 in the pre market. So there's your zone. You're down at 183.50. It's going to take some, I think it's going to take some heavy lifting to get back up there. So I'd use that 187.50, 188 targets on the upside. If not, look for a little bit of a fade. And as Dennis mentioned too, several times, Sometimes they're coming out of some indexes too, and the, the you know the rebalancing, you know they have to be sold in some indexes to take out of others. So the net effect may not be as strong as you know. Oh, it's just being added. So, but and that's done on Friday, right? Yep, Friday. Oh, at wow. the, it'll be Friday into the close. And PJ asked, "Is there any criteria to be added to the to the Nasdaq 100?" Yep. There, there are. The biggest criteria are that you have to obviously trade on the Nasdaq, you, and you have to be one of the largest 100 companies in terms of market cap. And you can't be a financial company. You can't be a bank. You can't be a REIT. So it's basically the 100 largest non-financial companies that trade on the Nasdaq. And oh, there are some other. There are some other proceed, uh, uh, some other criteria. You know, you can't, uh, you know, be in bankruptcy proceedings. You, 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 you know, there are certain uh, liquidity you have to have. But by and large, if you're in the 100 largest companies on the Nasdaq, you're eligible for inclusion uh, in the Nasdaq 100, and and they rebalance it once a year. And that once a year is happens to be this Friday slash next Monday. So there you go. Uh, we got two minutes left. Uh, Can we just t- quickly talk some of these growth names? There's a lot yeah. of them popping up in the chat, like SE, Upstart. I mean, obviously, ARKK is a great indicator for growth. We know ARKK has, you know, had the big pop. In the last two days, they're hammering it again. I mean, there's a lot of stocks approaching or now taking out their lows from last Monday when everything washed out, which is not good. This, You know, we talked about the possibility of the Kathy stocks all being a dead cat bounce. It's starting to look like on some individual names that is the case. The higher multiple stuff continues to be hit. SE, one of them, obviously, stock that was very much in favor for a lot of the year, came out of favor at the beginning of November, really started getting hit, 360 down to 225 or 235. Now, you know, you get the bounce, and the last, just Friday, boom, gives it all back in one day. And now taking it out and, and making new lows. Upstart, same thing. I mean, you get the bounce, you're like, oh, here we go. But you struggle right in an area you'd think you'd struggle. The big psychological 200. Couldn't get up over it, couldn't get up for it. Tried for three days, and then boom. And one day, they pull the rug out from under it, right back down to $160 here today. Uh, You do have support at the Monday's low, 157. That's the level. So if you're in any of these growth names or you're trying to play the bounce here again and saying maybe they bounce off it, you absolutely want to see them hold Monday's low. If they take out Monday's low, whenever I say a, a stock is making new lows on the move, you got to go. And a lot of these stocks are already making new lows again, like SE. Not good. Oh, that upstart. Oh, gosh. That's true. I mean, we've fallen from grace on all these names again. We, You've got to understand the market that we're in. We have $401, and the person on CNBC doesn't even know what they do. They're just buying it just because it's going up. And, I mean, this is telling you stuff like that. 
is indicative more of a market top than a buying opportunity here. So they pull the rug out from under this and people will look at this and say, look how cheap it is. It was $400 as $161, but cheapness is not a relative term to where price was. You've got to go to company to find the cheapness. You've got to go and say, hey, you know, what's the earnings look like? If there is no earnings, well, that's scary in this environment right now. But what's, you know, the cash flows look like? What does, you know, the growth look like? In some cases, some of these stocks might be cheap. I haven't done this, the, you know, the analysis on all of them. But all I can say is right now, nosebleed PE stocks continue to remain out of favor. I'm going to say the reason, again, still is inflation. Because when you're looking at an inflationary environment, Stocks that have future earnings are worth a hell of a lot less than stocks that have current earnings. Don't kid yourself. What the driver here is the bus, you know, one, you know, the Fed potentially taking the punch bowl away, but two is inflation. When you're seeing inflation data pop up like it did on Friday, they are buying stocks that make money now. Inflation Not later. money is Not worth later. money now. Spend it now. We don't care if you're making money two years from now because if we're cooking at 11, 12% inflation, which the data shows under housing we are. Those future dollars are worth less. So this. Sorry to interrupt you, Triple D. I'm gonna hop here, and we're we're a little, just a little quick, little fade on the S and P off the high. Uh, but that uh, the 0375 is the pre-market low, and that's the close. That's an important level to keep an eye on. I'm going to hop over. I'm going to cover all these symbols we missed in pre-market prep plus and uh, triple D. I'll check in with you later on. Sure. Uh, shout out to Peloton as well for turning. Uh, if you didn't see it over the weekend, Peloton turned the Sex in the City thing from last week into a marketing opportunity uh they posted a video that has uh over three million views uh, uh, uh related to that so shout out to peloton uh, i got stopped out on my peloton on friday oh. when i made the new low oh see there you go well i think it, it was actually even thursday i think i might have sold it thursday i think it, anyways when i made the new, made a new low. low both days so well yeah but that but that's it you know you're looking you're yeah. saying okay is the 40 gonna hold is the 40 gonna hold is the 40 gonna hold doesn't hold what do you do? You're like, oh, well, I don't know what to do. Now. No, you know what to do. That was your out. You got to get out. Mm-hmm. Done. Okay. I lose my dollar. I'm happy to move on. I mean, that's, you know, you're trying to make a call. You've got it in this environment. You've got to be willing in all environments. I mean, this is what everybody does wrong. They don't have discipline. They won't take the loss. They're like, well, I can't sell at a loss. I never have a loss. That is how you end up losing in this game long term. One thing I can almost guarantee you, if you are unwilling, if you as a trader are unwilling to be disciplined to take losses in the long run, you will highly, highly, highly likely not make it in this business because it's not about what you're making. It's all about what you're losing. Those losers have to be small. You've got to protect your capital as much as you can. It's all risk return. The best traders like Christian Fromhertz, the best traders out there have, you know, set up their trading momentum. But you know what? When it breaks, they quickly admit they're wrong and they move their capital into another area. You can't just sit your capital hoping it comes back. And we see it again and again and again. It is so consistent. You know, I see it at Bright Trading because you have traders coming in. It's so consistent. Though traders that, you know, very much, you know, in a high probability don't make it are the ones that refuse to take losers. All right. That's going to be a wrap, Dennis. Great to... uh... Great to see you as always, and uh, have a good rest of your day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to hop off as well. We have live trading with Benzinga starting in a couple of minutes. Uh, Ryan Fluna, uh, Zunaid, Mitch, I will do my very best to stop by. I can't make any promises. Uh, and after that, we've got futures trading with Ninja Trader, 10.30 a.m. Eastern time today. I'll be on 
with Jim Cagnino for that. So everyone, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Thanks to our guest today, Tim Quas. Thanks to all of you in our chat. If you missed this show, we're, of course, available on YouTube. The show is also available as a podcast on all the major podcast platforms. And uh, that's a wrap. So I'll catch you guys over on Live Trading with Benzinga. Going live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. ASAP. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.